Welcome to the Rational Egoist. I'm your host, Michael Leibowitz. As long as I've been following politics, immigration has always been a hot button issue. I've heard a lot of arguments for, I've heard a lot of arguments against. What I don't hear a lot about, however, is the actual experiences of the people that are trying to get into this country or the experiences of the lawyers that represent them. Today's guest is well-equipped to discuss these things as he's been an immigration attorney for some 25 years. Michael Neeran, welcome to The Rational Egoist. Thank you, Michael. So, for starters, what is it that you do as an immigration attorney? Well, I run an immigration firm, and um, it's based actually in Toronto, Canada, although the world is now virtual, so I have the privilege of living here in Delray Beach, Florida, um, and enjoy the, the great weather. Um, so our firm uh, handles U.S. and Canada immigration. So those interested in immigrating to Canada, as well as the U.S., and we also do cross-border, U.S.-Canada cross-border. There's a lot of action there. Um, we have a, a U.S. visa team and a Canadian visa team. I myself don't practice. I haven't practiced for a long time. I'm considered the managing partner. I help run the business. Um, I'm licensed in, in Ontario, Canada. I don't personally uh, handle uh, U.S. visa cases, but I, I know a lot about it. And one of the reasons I do is because I, I immigrated myself um, from, from Canada to, to the United States with my family. All right. So in your experience, what motivates people to want to come to this country? Well, really, at the end of the day, it's the American dream, which still uh, persists. I'm still happy to say, um, despite the problems we have in this country, um, compared to to other countries, uh, the United States is still an immigrant um, producing country where it attracts immigration from all over the world. And people come uh, for a better life for themselves and for their children. And that started uh, way back in the in the early days of the of the country. And it still persists today. So what about the argument that immigrants are trying to come here specifically from the, uh, over the southern southern border for welfare benefits? Is that as common as we're led to believe, or is that overstated? Well, I don't have any formal statistics on that, but I can tell you from personal experience and and just basic economic um, observations. Um, this country was built on immigration, and it continues to be built on immigration. And look at Silicon Valley. Look at the CEOs, the executives, the tech workers, and and observe their composition in terms of you know their 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 backgrounds most of them or many of them uh, are are from our foreign nationals uh, coming to uh, as i said to live out the american dream be productive create companies that employ thousands and thousands of people including americans sure there are some who come to try to take advantage of the system um, in terms of welfare but i can tell you most people coming to the United States are fleeing countries where the state is intervening, where there is a welfare state, and they know the perils of living in such, such an environment. And they, they come to the United States for the opportunity to, to live independently, not living on the welfare state, because they, they know, you know the negatives. So it's quite ironic that in the media, you hear, oh, immigrants are coming to abuse the system. I mean, it's great media talking points, but when you really look at it, you know, the the average immigrant um, 
is really looking to work, to produce, and to have a better life for their children. And that, and, and you know, it, I call it human capital. We need we need capital from many different sources, but without human capital, we're not going to grow as an economy. Yeah, I, I'm inclined to agree with you. I think it's vastly overblown. And if that's the issue, then what we should be arguing for is to get rid of the welfare state, not to limit the freedom of people to come here. Yeah, I say the same thing exactly. Um, it's really, um, at the end of the day, even with the welfare state apparatus, that's not what attracts immigrants. But you know, for those who believe that's the case, um, you're exactly right. And I say the same thing. Well, eliminate the welfare state. Don't create... If you're against a welfare state, because on the grounds that it's state intrusion, it's it's um, it's it's uh, an area where the government shouldn't be involved in. Well, the solution is not to add regulations on the immigration side, more controls, rather to eliminate the controls that you, that you oppose to in principle. So you're 100 percent right. So what is it like for people trying to come to this country, the, the bureaucracies, I, I'd imagine they have to navigate just trying to get here. What What's that experience like? Well, it's really daunting. And, you know, people talk about the wall, you know, when Donald Trump um, was elected and, and, and people are out saying that, you know, the solution is a wall to build a wall. Well, I'll tell you the biggest wall that exists is not the physical wall, but the legislative wall. That's a wall that's been going on or, or being um, is, is the case since probably 1996, when Bill Clinton passed uh, legislation or signed legislation, which still exists today, which makes it very, very difficult for well-intended immigrants, people who are very, very qualified, who want to work, who want to, who want to thrive in the country, make it very difficult for them to qualify, number one. Uh, the, the queue, uh, the waiting time in some cases is years and years and years. And that is really the, the, the legislative wall that, that you don't see, but it exists. And I personally have gone through it. It is daunting and difficult. What's it like as a lawyer? Uh, I mean, I, you said you don't practice yourself any longer, but your firm does. Like, what, are, what do you hear about the experience and maybe when you were practicing? How do lawyers deal with this? Well, look, they are really um, you know, on the front line. And basically, they try to work with the government, and that's in parentheses, work with the government to try to help um, their clients navigate the, the, the matrix uh, of, of, of immigration. And there's so many components to getting through. There's documents they have to, they have to collect. There's, there's applications they have to file. There's fees they have to pay. And there's waiting times. There's just so many different components and complications and technicalities. To, to submitting an application. And then there's also an interview process in some cases where they have to appear before an uh, immigration officer, which is very intimidating, who has all the power in the world to say yes or no after waiting all that time as to whether or not the applicant will be approved for admission. So it is a very daunting, scary, complicated process. And the role of the lawyers is to help advocate for the client to try to get the client through the system uh, and and ultimately live uh, realize their immigration dream. And how are immigrants? Well, you're an immigrant, so you'll know uh, at least your own experience. But how are immigrants in general treated by the communities that they move into? And what I what I want to know also is there a difference in treatment between 
people coming from Canada like yourself are coming from Europe and people coming from the southern border. Are they treated differently by the natives in the country? Well, I, that's a really good question. And, you know, I, I think there there is a difference from from our experience. Um, the good news, the United States is still a melting pot. It still welcomes everybody, uh, especially in the big cities where, you know, the, the, the immigrant population is massive. Everybody, it, there's so so much multiculturalism. So it's not like it was, you know, in the 50s or, 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 or prior to that, where immigrants are just seen as as Americans. And, you know, often they retain their culture, which I think is a great thing. It adds to the 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 interesting you know tape history of of various cultures and foods and in 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 the country, but um, more generally speaking, from a from a general perspective, immigrants from all nationalities are welcome. Yeah, there's racism that exists; it still exists, but I still hold that that's an exception and not the rule. Um, I know that's controversial to say, but from my experience, immigrants who come here from all nationalities are thrilled to come. Usually in the first few years, it's really tough um, to, to you know, get off the ground and, and to start uh, building a new life. It's, it's very disruptive. But at the end of the day, they are, they are they, most of them, from my um, experience, have succeeded and has, have done fantastically. Canadians are very much like Americans culturally. Um, we, we, we basically speak the same language and, and you know, living here in, in, in Florida myself, um, most of my American friends didn't know I was Canadian until I told them I have a bit of an accent and I say certain things that, that they don't say. We have a little bit of different uh, terminology for certain things. But other than that, um, I was welcome with open arms and I love my, my American friends and uh, I'm thrilled to be here. What I find interesting is that if you go back and you read history and the comments that were made, you know, when the Irish were coming over or when the Italians were coming over, the Jews, the Polish, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It's all it's the same thing, just rehashed over and over again. They're coming they're just you know, they're ruining our culture. They're taking our jobs. And that really never pans out that way. Like, I mean, obviously the culture is going to change, but that's good anyways to have the culture become more uh, what's the word i'm looking for more enriched like you said different foods different entertainment things but people are just it seems a lot of people anyways are just so afraid of change whether it be change in who their neighbors are change in how their communities are constructed change in the voting you know patterns what a change in jobs that they might lose people seem to be very uh, afraid of change how do immigrants deal with that when they're coming here and they they run up against it it may not be that common but certainly they, they i mean i would assume i might be wrong but i would assume that they go through that yeah and i think i think often that's the case um they often have to brace themselves uh and they know intuitively they're they're entering into a new culture a new country um, I think they're most of them are well equipped for for the friction they may encounter with 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 other people who you know they're not used to dealing with. Um, but I I do hold that you know these days versus the days when the Irish came and the Italians came and the Jews came, um, we have a lot more inclusive, uh, pluralistic country, which is much more immigrant friendly, and that applies to Canada, United States, and also many European countries. 
So, you know, whereas in the past, if you were a Jew and I'm, you know, Jewish background, I have a Jewish background. If I immigrated in the 50s or the 40s or the 30s, I would be, you know, and I know from from my my my, my grandparents and what, what their experience was, there was a lot of anti-Semitism and there was a lot of issues in terms of them being accepted um, in their communities. Not to say that doesn't exist today, and, and I really believe it does exist today, but I, you know, just knowing the kind of culture we live in, which is more pluralistic and more accepting, I don't think the general immigrant faces the kind of challenges that that they did historically. That's not to say that there aren't, you know, those who are, well, let's call them nativists, um, uh, who just um, look at others and say, hey, you know what, you're coming in, you're taking my jobs, you're, you're invading my culture. Uh, I think those people will always exist in every era, in every society, and we have to fight against it. And um, the immigrant story uh, is is an argument against it because no, they don't take take jobs. They create jobs. No, they they don't um, intrude in on your culture. They add to it, as you say. They they, they it, it's just that's what America is. It's plural pluralistic, and Im the immigrant uh, component is a major part of that. So you know we got to fight against that 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 narrative all the time. Do you happen to know how immigrants compare to native-born Americans when it comes to the standard measures of success, income, uh, profits, business-owned, quality of life, you know, all, the, all the, the, the trappings, I guess is what you would call them. Do they compare favorably or less favorably? Do you happen to know? I know there are statistics out there which speak to that. Um, I can say anecdotally and from others I've um, spoken to and even in my own business, immigrants who come, and this, is, this has always been the case, are hyper motivated to succeed. Often they have very, very good work ethics, very education focused. I mean, you know, uh, it's a stereotype, but I'll just, you know, the Asians, the South Asians who come um are often, you know, the children of those of those immigrants often go on to higher education, become doctors and lawyers and business owners and extremely successful. We see it every day. So, you know, if you're going to take the average immigrant, um, their work ethic, their their attitude is 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 really something that Native Americans should should adhere to or, or should should look up to. Because that's really what the American spirit's all about, to come like to come from another country. Let's just like it happened back in 1700s where they came from Britain. They had nothing and they wanted to build a life for themselves. That hasn't changed in 2023. So to answer your question, I mean, you know, I don't have any formal statistics, but, you know, look at Silicon Valley, as I just mentioned earlier. Um, look at how many CEOs and, 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 and successful professionals there are who are immigrants who have who are doing fantastically thank god so you know i'm i know i sound may i may be sounding a little biased because i'm in the in the industry but but i, I i'm on the front line i see this every day in my in my job um, these people and their families are so excited to come and they have fantastic work ethic and they just want to work they don't want they don't want to live off the system 
What's the most rewarding part of what you do? Well, it's interesting. I was just on a podcast um, by a client who, who actually uh, moved uh, to Florida, moved to South Florida, and he started his own podcast. And the, and the theme of his podcast are, you know, people who are immigrating to Florida and their challenges. And um, he's doing quite well. And he wanted to interview me uh, as because I was his lawyer. And, you know, he opened the podcast with a big fat thank you um, for helping him and his family and his children uh, navigate the immigration system and successfully immigrate to the United States. And this is his first year and he's facing all the challenges uh, that new immigrants face in terms of, you know, starting a new business and and making friends. But he really, you know, the feeling of knowing that I've contributed to help upgrade someone's life um, through our services, it is really gratifying um, knowing that I've played a role in helping another exercise the mobility rights, um, even though those rights aren't fully recognized, and actually um, giving them the platform to have a better life. That's really huge. And when I see that happen in real life, it's worth it. See, I wish more people would see it that way, that people are coming here and they're just realizing, like you said, the American dream, their lives are being so greatly enhanced and they're not taking away from our quality of life. These are just amazing stories that, that come out of this. And so many people, and so a lot of people get it. I, I know that, but so many don't. And I just wish more would. I wish more would understand it from the perspective that you're sharing. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? So yeah. what, what is the most frustrating part of what you do? Well, from a technical perspective, it's really, you know, battling the regulations and going through the bureaucracy. Um, it's very, it's very tough. And the clients are often very impatient and understandably. So they are paying a lot of money. They're waiting in the queue. Um, they don't know what's going on with their application. Sometimes it's a black hole. You submit the application. It's in the bureaucratic black hole, I call it. And even us lawyers don't have full transparency into what's going on. And we have to tell our clients, you know, just sit tight and wait. And it's, it's very frustrating for us, but it's very frustrating for them. Um, so that's, that's the main, it's, it's, it's their, it's their pain is our pain. Uh, and it's always the government's, um, uh, you know, driven issues. Um, some of the officers or, or, or the government officials are actually very nice to deal with and very sympathetic but they are also part of the system. So it's not, you know, I'm not pointing fingers at any individuals because we, 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 we see them as partners. We work with them to try to, you know, help our clients. But it, it, this is a system that has been erected and it's, it's a broken system, a, a severely broken system. And that's the most, by far, the most frustrating thing. Um, you can probably ask any immigration lawyer, they'll say exactly the same thing. I can imagine. Do you happen to know how America compares to other countries when it comes to openness to immigrants coming in? That's a great question. Um, I, you know, from from what I know, and I can I can speak to Canada and the United States specifically. Canada has a more open immigration system. It's more liberalized. It's by far not perfect, um, but it definitely um, has a superior program. It open. It has more more categories um, that that immigrants can qualify for. Um, the United States is a very antiquated system. 
They also have quotas based on your nationality. So you're literally discriminated if you come, let's say, from the Philippines versus Canada. Really? Oh, yeah. You, yeah I, mean, there's, oh, I there's, didn't know that. Yeah, there's quota systems. Um, there's a whole bunch of um, barriers and and very limited categories that 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 immigrants can qualify for, plus the enormous queue. Now, there is a, a waiting period for Canada, uh, I know as well, but it's certainly not as bad as the United States. I, 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 mean, I, I can't speak to other countries. I know um, Australia has a similar system to Canada. Um, the UK, I really don't know. But as far as, you know, Canada and the United States are concerned, um, Canada has a superior system um, in terms of welcoming immigrants and, and processing immigrants. But trust me, it has its problems also. What what proposals are there out there to I hate the word, but I don't have a better one reform uh, the immigration system in, in America? First of all, are there any? Is there anybody that works on g g trying to get this system right other than, you know, the sort of rebel rousers who just, you know, build the wall, build the wall? Are there any serious people actually working on this? And if so, what what are some of the proposals? Well, there are there are there are immigration organizations um, which advocate for immigration reform. And there's a, there's many of them. American Immigration Lawyers Association, AILA is one of them that represents the lawyers, immigration lawyers in, in, in the United States. It's a huge organization. And there's others um, that advocate for immigration reform. And there are some lawyers uh, in, the, in, the, in the country who are at the forefront of that. But because of the way the American system is built, um, nothing really gets done. So as I said, since 1996, where you know a certain um, you know, legislation was passed under President Clinton, nothing has materially changed since then. Isn't that shocking? I mean, there's been tweaks, there's been, there's been some executive orders, um, some repealed executive orders, um, but at the end of the day, fundamentally, can you imagine nothing has been changed since, since back then? So we're talking about gridlock, and this doesn't exist only in the immigration space and other areas of like taxation and, and, and other areas. Sure. So the, there's a lot of talk about immigration reform of, for example, modeling a, um, a merit-based immigration system, which Canada has. So you, you apply as a, a skilled worker based on your education, your work experience, and other factors, and it's a point system. And you can qualify based on you know certain points um, without necessarily having a job offer or be, be formally sponsored. Canada has that system. I believe Australia has that system. So they were talking about that actually under President Trump. But you know when there's a change of legis a change of administration, it it yeah nothing materializes. How about have you heard of uh, Trump's proposal? And I, I I imagine there's others out there as well who want to do away with birthright citizenship. Yeah, I've heard of I've heard of it, and it's that's one of the the talking points. I think that appeals to the nativists. It does nothing for the country. It does nothing for immigrants. It does nothing for the people who who live here as citizens. Um, it's always historically been in most democratic free countries that you you acquire citizenship by birth. Um, it's just one of the you know most you know socialist or dictatorship uh, countries. They don't acknowledge and do that so to me that's a sign a signal of what i would consider nationalism which is you know or or, or you know more philosophically speaking collectivism which is really based on the idea that you know if you're not born here 
originally, you're not a native, you're not welcome. And that's a very dangerous signal and a very dangerous trend for something much larger and much more sinister. So this birthright citizenship issue um, is, you know, it comes out of the fear that people are just coming to the United States legally or illegal to have babies. And, and, and all of a sudden they're called anchor babies and, 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 to, and to grant them citizenship. Let me ask, you know, my, 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 my um, you know, opponents in this debate, what's wrong with that? Don't you want more human capital? Don't you want more people coming in? I mean, unless you're a protectionist, an economic protectionist who believes there's a finite amount of jobs, there's a finite amount of, of goods and services that will never grow, um, why, why don't we want more human capital? So, I mean, it's the same same thing we, we've been talking about earlier. So, yeah. Well, first of all, it's codified in the 14th Amendment that we have birthright citizenship. I know that they try to get around that, whatever. They can make whatever fallacious arguments they want. But I find it rather rich that the same people that often argued, we're not opposed to legal immigration. It's just illegal. Well, it's the not only statutory law, but it's constitutional law that if you're born here, you're a citizen. So what happened to we just want it to be legal? You know what I mean? It's just what it boils down to is they just don't want foreigners coming to the country. It, I don't I don't really I mean, they can dress it up, they say whatever they want. And I'm not saying this about every single person that wants there to be secure borders or some restrictions. I'm talking about your build the wall. That, right. That's that's the people I'm talking about, because oftentimes you get in these discussions and people feel they're being caught in a sort of dragnet and in, in being referred to when that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, the people that ch are chanting at rallies, build the wall, build the wall that want to do away with the birthright citizenship that are, that's the, the, the people I'm talking about. And I just it just seems ridiculous to me. And it's obviously to me a sort of xenophobia. I don't know yeah. how yeah. else to, to describe it. Yeah, it is a xenophobia. If you ever saw the great movie, The Gangs of New York. Yes, um, I did. Yeah. Um, that, you know, that was, um, you know, a movie about the Irish immigrants way back yeah. um, in the early days. Uh, and, you know, the xenophobic, um, you know, nativists versus versus the the Irish who came in uh, and, and, and literally the gangs of New York on the streets, the Irish and the nativists literally fought on the streets of, uh, of New York. And it's actually based on, 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 on true historical events that, you know, in 2023, we have our own version of that, of, of the gangs of, of New York. Um, you know, the, the argument that, well, I'm for legal immigration and they should just come legally is a red herring. That's a red herring argument. And it's because the reason it's a red herring argument is because, as I said, the biggest wall is a legislative wall. No wall that Trump or any of these people will erect could ever be as high and as 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 secure as the legislative wall that exists today. Most immigrants, the vast majority of immigrants, do not want to come illegally, do not want to risk their lives with human traffickers. They are they want to apply right the right way because they're good. They 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 just are law-abiding people in their own respective countries, but they're stuck in this queue. So tell me that oh well they should just come legally. So I'm a software engineer from India. I have all the, you know, the, the talent and, and the motivation to make America great, but yet I'm waiting a year for my, or two years for my, for my visa process. What, why, you know, and the argument to that person, well, you should just come legally, like, give me a break, give me a break.
So, so if I had the power to make Michael Neeran immigration czar, and you can have any type of immigration system that you could, what would you have it? I love that question. I've been asked that question before. Oh man, you just stole my thunder. I like to be original. Well, that no, that, but I, I mean, that was I like how you put it. Um, immigration czar. No one, no one called me that. Um, basically, um, I would eliminate the need for immigration lawyers, including myself. I I wouldn't have any rules regarding immigration whatsoever. I would I would, and it sounds very. Uh, am I am I am I for open immigration? Emphatically, I am. Number two, I would disband the welfare state uh, because um, you know I don't think anyone should be entitled to 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 you know state sponsored um, programs like that. I think you know there's other ways. And before the welfare state existed, we had robust charity um, that existed to help people who had. And even back then, when income um, and and the standard of living wasn't what it, wasn't what it was today. And this is I don't want to deviate from the topic. But basically, um, uh, you know, I, I think there are other ways to, to do this. Bottom line is, um, yes, there are some bad people who come to the country. And yes, there are bad people who live in the country and who were born in the country. But that's not an argument for, let's say you have an American citizen who was born in Chicago. If that American citizen decides to go to Florida, should there be a checkpoint? Should there be like a, a border guard at the state that says, let me let me check your papers, you know, like like they did in the Soviet Union? Well, what's the difference from, you know, a border um, between countries or across seas? There's nothing in principle different. Now, some would argue that, well, America is a sovereign nation and we have to protect our borders 100 percent. But that's not necessarily the role of an immigration officer who puts a stamp on a passport. That's the role of the Army, Navy, Marines. They're supposed to protect our borders. They're equipped to that. Not a visa officer. Yeah, to protect our borders from invading armies, not migrant sure. farmers. That's right. <laughs> I mean, so it's... look, you know, I've said a lot of controversial things, and I may, I may get a lot of uh, – I'm used to that. Um, but yes, the answer to your question is um, I'd be happy – to um, disband or, or to eliminate the need for 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 my profession. I, I, listen, I'm in 100% agreement with you on, on because for two reasons. One, I'm an originalist when it comes to constitutional interpretation. And on an originalist interpretation, I see nothing in the federal constitution that gives the federal government authority over who comes in and out of this country. They have authority over naturalization, but that's very different to, to decide who becomes a citizen in deciding who can and can't come in. They also have authority to protect against invasion from armies, from countries with, with whom we are at war, not immigrants. And it's really sloppy language or, or just dishonest language when people make the argument, it's an invasion on the southern border. Somebody said that to me on Facebook. Don't you know what it's an invasion? And then I posted a picture of D-Day and I said, that's an invasion. Do right. you not see the difference? Well, that's a tactic, it, right? Yeah. Using using common language in a way to put forward someone's narrative. Invasion, um, you know, even the term rights, you know, has have been have been abused. That term, as you know, has been abused. So you just take a common a common language, common sense um, term, and you twist it and you amplify it, um, and you call it something what isn't. 
and you're 100 yeah. percent right there's no such thing as an invasion of yeah yeah and, and i actually i think a rights argument is strong for allowing open immigration one the rights of the immigrants the the right to mobility the right to move right. but also the right of people in this country why don't i have the right if i have a a, a house to have somebody from another country come stay with me or rent for me, or if I'm a business owner, why don't I have the right to employ whomever I want to, whomever I can get to do the best work for the best price? So you're not, it's an individual rights thing on both ends, the both the rights of the people coming in and the rights of the citizens here. If you don't want to deal with them, don't deal with them. That's also your right. That's right. Rights, rights are inherent in the individual, not in the nation. Um, and the founding fathers made that clear that, you know, we, you know, man, woman uh, is, 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 is someone who's a right holder. They're the sovereign, not, not the nation. And the role of the nation or the state is to protect the rights of the sovereign individual. So, so when someone, an immigrant comes, that person is a right holder, whether or not, if they're from another country that doesn't recognize rights, it's not that they're not entitled to those rights. They're just from a country that doesn't recognize those rights. America is a moral country because it's supposed to be, at least, because it's, a, it's the only nation that's supposed to recognize those rights. And that obviously would apply, that argument and that perspective obviously would, would apply to immigrants and those who want to hire them. Freedom of production and trade, right? So, you know, you, you, if you want to hire someone, that's trade. If, you want, if, if, if an immigrant wants to come and work, that's production. If they want to physically come, that's mobility. That's all rights. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You know, people argue the, the it's risky, but risk inheres in life itself. Life is a risky proposition. We, we can't eliminate risks. And, you know, I did 25 years in prison. When I was in prison, I was relatively safe. I take freedom any day with, with, the, with the risks that come with it. I, you, you know, and I just... It boggles my mind that more people don't grasp that, that we're talking about liberty. Yes, it's scary. It can be dangerous, but it's so much better than living in a, I don't want to use totalitarian because that that's, a, you know, hyperbolic, but living in, under a regime that is oppressive, you know, even if it's not as oppressive as some other places, it's still oppressive. And I prefer freedom any day. Yeah. So, Michael, before I let you go, has there is there anything I neglected to ask, or anything you would like to say, or you think needs to be said on this subject? I don't think so. That was a you know a great, um, comprehensive um, overview, uh, and you asked you asked all the right questions, and I hopefully I answered them well. Um, so I have nothing nothing further to add, other than you know I hope for the future that there is immigration reform, and I I hope it goes in the right direction. I'm cautiously optimistic because the voices are getting louder and louder. So um, we'll have to wait and see. Do you have a, a website or a blog or anything where, where people can go find you? Yeah, sure. It's um, visaplace.com, www.visaplace.com. And that's where um, our, our, our firm is. And uh, you can always contact us there. Beautiful. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And thanks for sharing your perspective. All right. For now, this is The Rational Egoist. I'm Michael Leibowitz signing out. Remember, like, share, comment, subscribe. Till next time.